Welcome back to the Create Health podcast with Dr. Ben. Today, got a very exciting guest, someone who made really a big health transformation um, and just life transformation, body transformation, is here to share her story. So real excited about that. This is another person who experienced really profound healing, you know, changing their diet, switching to a, a raw plant-based diet. And so I'm really excited to share it. Her name is Adrienne Strachey. Make sure I pronounce that one right. She told me it rhymes with Rocky, just like Dr. Benoulis rhymes with uh, don't try to fool us. Anyway, without further ado, Adrienne, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. So tell us a little bit about you to, just to get started. So we have an idea of, you know, who you are, where you're from, all that stuff. Um, sure. Um, I'm in uh, North Carolina and I currently am a uh, licensed massage therapist. Um, I broke away from the medical profession, oh gosh, probably 20 years ago. I'm a former registered nurse. And um, my first degree was actually accounting. So uh, maybe by the time I'm 60, I'll know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, but I just kept uh, been on this journey to figure what life is all about, why we're here and how I can become my best self and um, what a ride. Um, so that's, wow. uh, Yeah. I love it. And I think the most interesting people are the ones who, you know, make multiple career changes or mission changes over the years. Um, I think sometimes the people who convince themselves they got it all figured out from day one aren't necessarily the most interesting people. I, I, so I'm, I'm excited to hear more about that. So I know that, you know, you know, you're dealing with health challenges. Can you kind of walk me back to you know, I just want to hear about like how they began. And it sounds like they really just hit a fever pitch with like a lot of stuff at, at some point. And you really, and, and, and when COVID happened, you were really forced to found yourself in a place where you really had to make a change, but like, take me back to the beginning of when you first noticed things, things weren't right. Well, gosh, um, I would say my health started going downhill probably, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, and ironically, as someone who used to be a registered nurse, you would think you should know better. Um, but as most healthcare professionals, we know how to take care of other people, but we don't take care of ourselves. And so I profoundly neglected myself. Um, I ran on caffeine. I ran on fast food. I ran on all the unhealthy stuff. And, um, so I gained a lot of weight. I ballooned up to over 300 pounds. Um, I was a smoker. I, I did everything wrong. Um, I was pretty sedentary. I wasn't getting around and I don't know what happened, but thank goodness. One, one day I just kind of had this aha moment where I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, so I felt about that. I felt awful. I felt awful. I mean, I was you know, in my 40s and it hurt to go up and down the stairs. My hips oh. hurt. My knees hurt. Um, I was told I, I was diagnosed with depression. I was diagnosed with irritable bowel. I was diagnosed with a thyroid condition. Um, what else? Um, TMJ, um, fibromyalgia. And... I was on, I don't even know how many different pharmaceutical drugs. Um, yeah, yes. Like, would it be in the double digits or? Probably, probably. And, and a lot of them that didn't work. And then I get put on something else. I mean, so maybe not double digits all at one time, but I've probably been on at least 30, probably different medications that, you know, maybe helped a tiny bit, but not much. Um, it just, you know, putting a Band-Aid on it was really, and I just kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm not getting any bigger or any better. I'm getting bigger. I'm getting fatter. I'm getting more depressed. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sinking. And the medical field wasn't helping me. And I'm like, I, 
I made this mess. I need to fix it. I was like, that was really kind of my aha moment was really, I had to take a good hard look in the mirror and say, Adrian, your diet is horrible. You don't exercise and you're a smoker. What do you expect your body to do? So I want to hear all about that moment uh, in a bit here, but I have some questions about leading up to it because I know that like, you know, and I hear this from a lot of nurses that, that the, the culture and the culture around health in, in that hospital setting is just, it's pretty bad. I mean, I imagine that like, it's not like you were that abnormal with what you were dealing with for your profession. No, not really. Um, in, in the respect that I, the medical profession is so busy and it is so fast paced that you've got doctors and nurses that are don't have time for bathroom breaks that are running on caffeine and sugar. Um, that really, in all honesty, even if their heart is in the right place, they wouldn't know what health is if they got hit by with a 10 by four. Um, they just, the human body is not meant to run on caffeine and sugar. Um, and that's what the medical profession uh, has come down to. Um, with how fast paced and how stressful the environment is. So there wasn't really like anybody at the hospital setting who was like, hey, Adrian, you know, we're, we're healthcare professionals here. You're not really looking the part. In all honesty, no. And I think I actually that made me a little bit bitter towards the medical profession because I was struggling, to be honest with you. And I was just like, wow, we're trained medical professions and not a single person could tell that I was floundering. And um, it made me want to get out of the profession even more. So maybe they did me a favor by not noticing. So, and I'm just curious, was it they didn't notice or was it just sort of like everybody was dealing with it and everybody was kind of in denial about it? Could be a combination of both. You know, I think at that time, I maybe I wanted someone to notice that I was struggling. So I just kind of took for granted that well, they, they just don't care or whatnot. And it could just be that they were also just living unconsciously, just going through the motions as what we did as healthcare professionals is put Band-Aids on everybody. And um, so what kind of patients were you working with? What kind of issues were you treating? Well, I dabbled um, when I was in the uh, healthcare industry. I got my start doing traditional medical uh, nursing. I've done geriatric nursing. And then I also spent close to a decade in uh, psychiatric nursing. So it was kind of a well-rounded uh, experience. Um, I ended my career in the mental health profession and um, a profoundly broken system. And so I imagine that you saw you like taking care of a lot of people, but you didn't see too many people like actually get better. No, I did not. So what was that like being like, man, I'm putting in all this work, I, like I'm supposed to be helping people. But like, was there ever a realization of like, well, what are we even doing? Or like, is what's going on here? Like, what's what's wrong with things like? Every day, every day, I'm like, what are what are we doing? I mean, we're we're discharging people, and then three weeks later, a month month later, they're coming back. The same people. Um, just it, it was discouraging um, to put forth that much work and that much effort, um, but the system was profoundly broken. In that, um, in all honesty, I was allowed to be a charge nurse of an inpatient psychiatric unit. And my only educational background in the field of psychiatric nursing was an introduction to psychology course and a three or four week rotation during my nursing school and about a couple of weeks working with another uh, charge nurse who oriented me to the unit who probably also had the same minimal background. So we had people that really had no psychiatric background that were running this facility. Um, it was scary in that respect. So tell me, you know, you had mentioned like you had this one moment and I can remember that for me, um, it was, you know, this moment of like, man, like I can't keep going like this, like something needs to change. 
what what was happening that day? What precipitated that? What what like when was it that just something clicked or shifted? Like tell us about kind of leading up to that day or leading up to that experience that day and then what that was like when you had that like you know moment of 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 sort of like realizing that a change needs to happen. Uh I I think it wasn't it was just a culmination of uh, the weeks, the years that had gone by that I sought treatment, that I was begging for someone to kind of ha- like help me. I'm floundering. I'm not doing well. And uh, to just never really getting the treatment that I felt that I needed. And I, I don't know what, what what it was about that particular day but I just remember feeling there's got to be more than this. There's got to be some sort of help out there. Um, and if they can't do it, then I've got to do it. And, and just, and, and really, like I said, take a good hard look in the mirror and said, Adrian, if you're honest with yourself, you can't possibly expect your body to feel good when you're not taking care of it. And, you know, I think ownership and self-accountability is a real big part of why a lot of people don't get better. They want to take a pill. They want the easy fix. They want instant instant results. Um, and they don't want to look at their own contribution to their own suffering. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's a huge thing. Um, and, I, you know, I know personally with people that come to me and they're like, hey, fix me you know, like heal me. And it's like, that's, if that were something I could do, I would, but like, I can help you heal yourself. But like, I think that, you know, like you're saying, there's this abdication of power in the medical system where it's like, they, they present themselves as these fixers, fixers, these saviors, and that you got to come to us. And we know, you know, we've studied the things that we know the right place to cut into you or the right drug to give to you to fix your problem um and so people people like sort of put the medical system on this pedestal of like well they're the people that that help people and fix people and and um come to find out like it just it doesn't work that way it really doesn't um you can't i always i i think i knew from early on even in my medical career that the that any system that specializes and breaks down health where you have a cardiologist and a neurologist and a is broken in and of itself because there's no way that you can have good heart health without having good gut health or without having good mental health. I mean, you can't categorize and, and, and micromanage the human body that way. All of those systems, the human body works collaboratively synergistically it, it just always struck me as as a as a such a an odd mental health system that we studied disease how to eradicate disease instead of how do we create a healthy human how do we create you know what are the optimal conditions under which the human body would would function most optimally that's what I always felt like, why don't we study that? And I just always felt like an outsider, even while I was in the profession, but it took me a long time to actually do the inner work myself. I, I love that perspective. And I, and I agree wholeheartedly, right? We, we put different systems of the human body in silos, right? And it's like the endocrinologist and the, the hematologist and the orthopedist and the psychiatrist and the nephrologist and each one of these is like working on a different aspect of the human body and if the psychiatrist gives you you know pills that like make you gain weight it's kind of not their problem right like that goes falls on the general practitioner or the bariatric surgeon or whatever and Mm -hmm. so it's like they can all you know treat their one area and if it causes a mess somewhere else well that's somebody else's problem and it just ends up working out well for the system because well now you got to you know we, we, we whacked one mole and now you got to go to another doctor for the other mole, right? Exactly. So, so tell me about, okay, you have this kind of reckoning moment where you're like, man, all these, like I got myself here and I'm the only one who's going to be able to get me, me out of it. 
what what was kind of the the action steps that you took or what did you you know what did you start doing where did you begin the first thing i said i was going to do was quit smoking and i did that cold turkey wow once okay. yep no i help, just said I'm, nothing I, nothing i said i'm done how much were and you smoking at this point probably a good pack a day wow for how many years Mm, probably a good 20. Wow. Wow. Yep. yep. And I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done polluting my body. And uh, I was very motivated. Um, I'm a Taurus. I'm as hard-headed as can be. But um, if you tell me I can't do something, oh, God help you. Watch out. I will. Mm. Um, and was there someone I, telling you that you can't, couldn't? Or was there some kind of push in the opposite direction that made you push back or? I think for the first half of my life and um, you know, God help my father, he's not here anymore. Rest, rest in peace. But he, he had issues with alcohol. And so I lived a good portion of my life hearing that I would never amount to anything. And so I internalized, internalized a lot of that. And I never really believed that I could become someone or that I I had the capability. And so I just, I treated my body accordingly. And then I had this part of my epiphany or my aha moment was that I've allowed a broken individual to define who I am. Why, just because he's my blood or my kin, why have I allowed myself to be defined by someone who has broken themselves? And that's not who I am. And I am not him. And so I was like, I don't have to be what he says I'm going to be. And um, and so was this I, coalescing in your head right around the same time you had this epiphany or was this? Yeah, I, it was all just kind of coming together. And I was just like, you know, you you can do more than this. You're capable of more than this. Um, I think I just always was the type of person that just didn't want to rock the boat and had different viewpoints than I saw the world differently from other people. Like I said, even early on in my medical career, I felt like the system was backwards. Like, why aren't we studying health instead of studying disease? Um, but I just was not an assertive person. I had kind of been pushed down. And um, so uh, it just kind of came to a head. I'm like, why am I allowing a a broken individual, broken father, or a broken system to tell me what to believe about myself, to tell me what my capabilities are or not. It'd be one thing if a really healthy individual was telling me those things, then I might have to really look in the, in the mirror. But all that information was taken from a broken system and a broken you know, parental figure. And I was just like, I don't have to be any of those things. I don't have to be my diagnosis. I don't have to be any of those identities that were placed upon me. And so it just fueled me. Um, so I just decided that I was all in, that I was going to prove that I could be someone, that I could beat these diet, that I'm not. Adrian and I have depression. No, that's not who I am. I love this. You know, there's a term that Tony Robbins uses. He says that people change. You may have heard of this. He calls it emotional leverage that people change when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of actually changing. Yep. And it sounds like that pain of staying the same had to get pretty, pretty bad for you. It did. It did. And I imagine that once you started making the changes, it wasn't nearly as painful as you might have initially perceived. It, no, I mean, it was hard, um, but it was also rewarding. Um, and you start feeling when you start feeling better, it becomes like a, a, a domino effect. When you start feeling better, then you have more energy to put into your wellness journey. And then you feel even better. And it just kind of, I didn't realize that health had to be so complicated, that health had to be so hard. It's 
health is very simple, really. We like to micromanage it. We might like to make it sound like health is complicated. It's not. Um, it's my understanding is that our cells regenerate. I mean, your skin cells regenerate every couple of days. I mean, all of our cells are capable of regeneration. You can build a new body in seven years is my understanding. What do you want to build it with? Awesome. So, so talk to me about, okay, you quit smoking cold turkey. You're like, I'm done on that. Then what happens? You're starting to like dig in from information or where, where walk me through like after that. Well, my next stuff, I realized that there was no, I, I, I didn't even go look up diets because to me, the word diet implied something that was temporary. I never knew anybody who dieted that was successful. So I just said, okay, my diet is crap. I've got to start somewhere. So I picked one or two things. I think at that time, the first thing I started with was soda. I picked one or two things to say, okay, I'm done. And I did it for a month. And I said, if I can do that, then the next month, I'm going to pick another one or two things that I eat that's not healthy. And I'm going to get rid of that. And I slowly started getting cleaner and cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. And I don't think it really wasn't until COVID hit that I really got all into uh, the, I'm probably about 70 to 80% raw vegan. I'm not 100%. Um, but wow, um, it's just life transforming. So, and and I love this, by the way, that you're just like kind of knocking the, knocking the things off one at a time. When do you start to, two questions. When do you start? And I know this is, is a journey, right? And you said that by the time you really, by the time COVID came in, that came around, that's when you really dug in. But I imagine you were starting to notice shifts at some point in the beginning. So I'm curious, like, you know, when you started to notice a difference and when other people started to say things or notice, notice changes. I noticed changes right away. And I, 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 it was hard in, in, in the beginning to keep going because I wanted other people to say, wow, Adrian, you look so much better or this or that. And I don't think it really was until I had lost a good 40 pounds before people started saying, wow, what's going on with you? You look good. Um, so that first 40 pounds was hard. Um, and then once I hit that and then everybody started taking notice, then it got easier and easier and easier. Mm. And so besides like, obviously, you know, the weight loss is awesome and, and, you know, that's going to um, make people notice probably the most, but like, I imagine even with just like quitting smoking and like, you know, more energy. And so like, when did, when did you first begin to notice a shift or like, what was the first kind of like, Oh wow, this is different now. I noticed it in all different aspects of my life. I mean, as a massage therapist, um, I, like I said, I quit the nursing profession 20 years ago. But as a massage therapist, I always felt like I knew my stuff, but I never felt like I had the numbers to reflect like an, a top or an elite therapist. And all of a sudden, as I started taking care of myself, I had I went from being one of the least requested therapists to the most requested therapist at oh, the spa wow. that I at. because I, people could tell I was healthy. I was vibrant. I wasn't wearing out in the massage. I, I had a positive attitude. Everything about me had shifted. Um, I just, I, I wasn't counting the minutes till the session was over. I was locked in on my clients. Um, it just, I didn't have the brain fog. I, it just was uh, night and day when you get all that toxicity and fast food and all that stuff out of your system, how much more clearly you can eat. Like I said, you can even think um, the body just runs so much more efficiently. The energy level was a thousand times what it used to be. So let me ask you this, you know, it sounds like you, you noticed it at work and, and um, you became more requested. Did you see a shift in just like the results you were getting for people working as a massage therapist? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I had 
clients that, you know, wanted to rebook with me. Can, can I get back in? Um, whereas I felt like I struggled. I mean, if people are sensitive, people can feel whether or not you are healthy. And I felt like I, I had the knowledge base at that time, but it was kind of, to me, it was like when I had clients come in, it was, um, I didn't have any credibility. It was kind of like going to see a cardiologist that smokes. Um, you know, I could tell people what to do to get healthy, but I was still almost 300 pounds. So until I started getting healthy, then you know what? People take notice and people list, people listened and they wanted to come back. You have credibility. Um, and it just makes you more approachable too. Um, so you must have just seen, you know, I, I've never been overweight in my life. I had, you know, other health issues that weren't really noticeable on the outside. Um, but you must have noticed just a massive shift in how people interacted with you and treated you and talked to you and all of that. I absolutely did. Um, I had people that didn't give me the time of day when I was 300 something pounds that all of a sudden they want to be your best friend. I'm like, where were you? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm still the same person. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's incredible. Um, and uh, it's definitely something that our society needs to change. Um, no one needs to be to be shamed um, or whatnot for the size they, they are. We need compassion. We need understanding. We need people that have done the work like I have that can say it's possible. And people, when they're that big, they don't think that they can ever become thin. So I actually enjoy working with someone who's got work to do because I can look them in the eye and I can say, I know what it takes. And I haven't always been a skinny mini person. Like I was as big as you. Um, and so uh, I would much, or if I was looking for someone as a health coach, sign me up a hundred percent of the time for someone who's actually done it. I agree. And I think, you know, a lot of these people in the medical system, it's like, they're not they they haven't done it right exactly even if they are preaching you know eat a plant-based diet you know it, it, do these things to bolster your health if if they haven't been unhealthy and like come back from the brink of that it, it just it's it's not the same it isn't it isn't. Well, and, and furthermore, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I've worked in the hospital and I, I would be willing to bet that two thirds of the physicians were overweight and unhealthy themselves. We've got unhealthy people treat, treating, treating the sick. I mean, if I were to revamp the, the, the healthcare institution, I would say as a prerequisite, if you're going to be a doctor, you need to be off of our pharmaceuticals. You need to know how the body is supposed to feel at its optimum. Like I would have all sorts of criteria. You got to be healthy yourself if you're going to be a physician. I I agree, and um, you know it's funny because I have people in my family that are traditional physicians, some of whom are dealing with like really severe health problems, and they they say things like, "Well, I'm the doctor, and I got to work really hard, and you know I have patients to take care of, and I have things to do, and there's a lot going on with me that I just don't really like." health can't be a priority for me because I'm taking care of other people. Um, what would you say to that? I would say to that, um, good luck, because um, if you don't take care of yourself, you can only take care of other people for so long before your body's going to break down. Like I said, these doctors that I work with in the system, I mean, they're running on caffeine and sugar. I, the body doesn't run that way. And, um, uh, you know, I fully, time. no, I fully expect the, the mentor, the medical system to really start crumbling and really start breaking down because it's just not how the body works. It's not, you can't have sick, unhealthy people treating the sick. Um, you just can't. So talk to me. I know you said that like, Hey, you're on this journey for a while. And then like when COVID hit, you really doubled down. Was there a period 
before COVID? Were you kind of plateaued? Were there some ups and downs? I mean, I know everybody's journey isn't just some linear, amazing trajectory, right? So walk me through like coming up to COVID and kind of where you were at and all of that. Um, I, I did. I had plateaued a little bit. And if, if, if I'm honest, I had, you know, plateaued and then even started to go down a little bit. But at that time, you know, pro- just prior to COVID, my, that was when my father had passed away. And so I was sort of kind of being a caretaker and helping my mom take care of him. And so when kind of piggybacking off of what you just said, when you stop taking care of yourself and you're taking care of everyone else, your own health is sacrificed. Um, and so after he passed away, I, I now had the time to invest in myself again. And then COVID happened and then I really had time. So talk to me about that. When, you know, walk me through that, like COVID hits, you know, lockdowns hit, like what what was your experience with that? And when was, when was the time or the, like, I imagine there was at some point there was another aha moment of like, whoa, this is my opportunity to like really go for it here. Exactly. Um, when, when COVID hit, uh, and all honesty, I, first first couple of weeks where it's like oh i'm on vacation this is kind of fun and then the reality sit it sat in that this is boring however i have a golden opportunity here to not too many people that are almost 50 years old get to have a year off of work to devote every single day into finding out what their what their body is actually capable of what can i let's use this time wisely and so Every single day, pretty much for the last four years, I have a daily routine. Now, I do yoga. I do Qigong. I have a breathwork practice. Um, I walk. I do. You don't have to go to a gym. I mean, it's a misnomer. You don't have to. I mean, if it benefits you, great. But there are countless things that you can do for your health that are free. Um. You know, I I researched, I took up, like I said, Wim Hof breathing uh, was a huge inspiration to me and all of his breath work. Um, I, uh, yin yoga as a massage therapist, I, I'll, I'll just piggyback on this a little bit. I, I've known that the health benefits of yoga for a long time, but I had the opportunity to experiment a lot with a lot of the different types of yoga and what i've known as a massage therapist is that it takes stretching the muscles is one thing but actually getting in at the fascia level the air the level of the connective tissue is where the gold is it -hmm. takes three to five minutes to actually get into the fascia so the form of yin yoga you're actually in the postures for three to five minutes and so millimeter by millimeter you start opening up and opening up and opening up and opening up. And that's how the body can heal. That's how the tissue, when you, you're not eating an acid diet anymore, you're alkalizing your diet, you're hydrating properly, all those areas that were like tight knots and all that tension, when you start opening up, all the fascia is collagenous. I mean, it's like a gel a jello, so to speak. But when it gets dehydrated and it's you're sedentary, it becomes almost like a glue, almost like cement. So when you open up that fascia, you hydrate it, you oxygenate it, you heal the body. Areas that, you know, are deprived blood flow, oxygen flow, energy flow, good nervous system flow, that tissue dies. When you restore those things, you restore health. And I know it from an experience. See, to me, there's a difference between book knowledge and experiential knowledge. And when you know something because you've experienced it firsthand, that trumps any book knowledge. Um, And I know, I know from firsthand experience. So talk to me about, you know, you mentioned, Hey, I'm eating 70, 80% raw vegan. You mentioned eating alkaline. This is a thing everybody wants to know. Like, what what were you doing diet wise? What was your routine around eating? You know, what was working for you there in that department? 
or has been and was back then too? Um, did a lot of things with smoothies. Um, I eat a lot of melon. Um, I, uh, I probably have a personal watermelon for breakfast almost, or, or a honeydew melon, like a whole melon every single day. It's breakfast. Um, you know, uh, same thing. I mean, lunch, I might have another melon. Um, I mean, I, my, my eating compared to other people is so non-conventional. If I do have cooked food, um, I, I might take a, a, a sweet potato that I got at the grocery store and, and cook it and a large one. And that's it. Like I'm, I'm not somebody who has by a five course meal. I don't eat like that anymore. Like I eat, basically I eat one thing, like it's a mono diet, unless I'm making a smoothie and I'm blending things together or whatnot. But I make things that are easy to digest, that are instant energy for the body that don't, I, I think, I mean, everybody knows that analogy of, you know, Thanksgiving dinner and you gorge yourself and then you're tired and you have to lay on the couch. You know, so many of the foods that are out there on the market today require more energy to break down than they actually give you. So you're in a deficit. But foods like, I mean, to me, fruit is the ultimate fast food. In 30 minutes, you've got the energy and the nutrition from it. And it was easy. There's no, your body doesn't have to work to break it down. Um, I got some questions for you on that. Because mm -hmm. you know, I coach a lot of people and, um, you know, there's definitely like, you know, some people are like, oh, this is, this is so like, I, I, where's the variety? Where's the, like, I need something like more. So I feel like I'm just eating the same stuff. Like this, you know, this is so few ingredients, um, but it sounds like for you, you're really thriving with that simplicity. So can you kind of share how you got into that and like, why you enjoy it and and um obviously there's health benefits but like just from a perspective of like you know eating that way to day to day without getting bored like how does that work for you honestly i think that the the biggest part of that is just it's the results if i didn't feel good then i would probably say all the things that your you know your clients say god that there's no variety i couldn't eat like that but when you feel good Sign me up every day for a smoothie for every meal. I mean, it's, and there's zero preparation. I don't have to spend three hours cooking dinner. Um, it's, it's, it's not hard. It's not as hard as people make it out to be. You actually have more time. Um, it's, it's just the results. I guess it's the biggest part. It's just the results that you get. It's well worth eating that way when you feel good. Um, totally. And then, yeah, it's, it's like, it's simple. You're saving time. Obviously, if you're not eating at a restaurant, you're saving money um, and you're saving yourself. So talk to us about that. Like, it sounds like, like, you know, in COVID, you said you really doubled down, you went all in, like, where were you at the beginning of that? And like, you know, walk us through the weight loss journey and, and any other health gains that happened in that time. Um, well, like I said, by the time COVID had, had, uh, started, um, I was kind of in the beginning stages of, of that. And, um, so I, I was already partway on that journey. Um, but I just, I just started adding to my game. Um, I experimented more. I got more into herbalism. I was, I joined a farming co-op so that I was bypassing the, a lot of the food that was in the grocery store and, and found a, a local farm where I could actually get stuff directly from him. Um, I just wanted to try to figure out what, get the best quality food also for my money that I could. And I felt like um, supporting a farm co-op was, was, was the right thing to do. I think we need to do more of that. Um, I don't know if that answers your question or not. It, uh, I guess I, I'm more curious of like, Hey, it sounds like a lot of the weight, big weight loss really happened. Like once COVID started. 
So I know you had been like, you know, on this journey, but then like things really got dialed in in COVID. So I was curious, like what result, like, you know, like what, what amount of weight you lost during that time and like what, what big shifts you saw during that time? Um, it was gradual. It wasn't, um, this mass weight loss where I was losing 20 pounds a week. I just don't think that's sustainable. I, I think that's kind of a misnomer. I, I just, I just, you just keep eating clean and it comes off. I never count. I never counted calories. I never did any of that stuff. I just ate real food and it just, uh, the results just snowballed. Um, um, I think in total, I lost 140 pounds. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, but I've probably gained back about 25 pounds or so, but I can live with that. Um, so, um, but it, 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 it's just worth it. I mean, it's like, I never, if someone had told me that I could feel the way I do now, um, I never would have eaten the way that I used to eat. I never would have smoked. I never would have. I mean, I think that's the part that hurts is that health isn't complicated. Like, I mean, people need to know that you don't have to suffer. Um, that you're 100% in control of, of what you're building your body with. Um, and that uh, you don't have to outsource your health to someone else. You can fix it. I don't think there's anything that you can't come back from. I've taught any, I mean, I came back from being a 300 pound smoker. Um, and yeah, I, with depression and trauma, I mean, and I've just, um, there's, I, I think the body, the human body is resilient beyond what we've ever been thought or told. I mean, the placebo effect is proof of it. Um, what you believe. I stopped listening to, to, to anything medical. I started listening. I was very close. If you were a negative person, you were cut out of my life. I mean, you, I think you have to, to set boundaries. If, if you are not part on my journey as a cheerleader, get off the bus. Um, I love it. In fact, this is the thing I'd like to get into next because, you know, you mentioned you had past trauma, you mentioned you dealt with um, you know, depression and things like that. And obviously like food can do a lot, but it sounds like there was a lot of like inner emotional work going on. And I'm sure the yoga contributed to that, but can you take us through, you know, the journey of, of, of healing on the emotional side? Absolutely. Um, I think that most people use food as, as an addiction. It's the most commonly abused addiction that there is. And I was no exception. I ate because I was sad. I ate because I was angry. I ate because I was lonely. I ate because I was bored. I ate because I did not want to feel and I did not want to look at the issues, the traumatic issues that I had in my life. And um, we all have them. They don't have to be something major. It doesn't have to be that, oh my God, I was raped. I mean, Trauma in the body can be something as simple as getting picked last in gym class and holding on to it. Mm -hmm. um, it. It's the little everyday traumas that build up in life that when you don't express it or you hold it in. Um, I was always taught or, you know, from the people that I'm working with now that, you know, emotions, the, wor the word emotion comes from its energy and motion. And emotions are just simply an energy. And if we feel them and then send them in motion, send them and, and release them instead of holding on to them, that we don't hold on to them in our body, that energetically we free ourselves. Um, so I had to look at mental health from an entirely different perspective than, of course, what I was taught as someone who was a psychiatric nurse. Mental health is not what our mental health system it, it's I would completely revamp it from head to toe. I had you have to feel to heal. First of all, um, you have to you have to. 
I think we're getting into really good territory here. And I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of people listening who um, are just like, just chomping at the bit to get this kind of information. So let's like, talk to me here. Cause that's another thing I say is you got to feel it to heal it. Um, I think that's a brilliant piece of advice. And you're talking about, you know, emotions is energy in motion. I'm like agreeing with everything you're saying. So what I would love to do is to get a little more color from you on like what that process looks like. So people at home are listening, you know, they can, they can start working on that themselves, like from a tactical standpoint, if they're dealing with trauma. And like you said, it, it doesn't have to be like, you know, super painful or super terrible for it to negatively impact your nervous system. Right. Um, so whatever it is, whether it is, you know, something really violent and terrible or just getting picked last in gym class, it still affects you. So what would be guidance for people who want to work through that? And you talk about like feeling it to heal it and, and, and like feeling these emotions and releasing them from a practical standpoint, what does that look like? Or what advice do you have for people who want to pursue that? I honestly think that a lot of it is, um, really bringing yourself back and being present in your body. Um, learning to breathe again, learning to know what it actually feels like to be present in your body. Okay. I feel sad. Where do I feel that? Mm. Um, and like, for example, I'm of the belief that any symptom, whether it's emotional or physical that we have in our body, isn't something to be eradicated. Isn't something to just, Oh, let's get rid of this. It's, it's, this is a freaking message. This is your body saying, help me, please help me. Listen to me. Um, you can't take a pill and make your trauma go away. It doesn't work that way. Um, and you know, if the trauma didn't kill you, guess what? Feeling it one more time isn't going to kill you either. You learn to breathe your way through it. I think and letting go. This is this is awesome advice. And I think that that's super important. You said, okay, if I'm am feeling sad, where do I feel it in my body? Because a lot of people are so disconnected mm -hmm. from their body that they don't realize that any kind of emotion, sadness, fear, joy, grief, go down the list, um, is usually felt in a specific like location in the body, whether it's in the heart, it's in the stomach, it's in the feet, it's in the head, it's in the face, it's in the toes, it's in the hands. Um, yep. and, and so it sounds like it's actually like get, getting some consciousness, like tuning in and be like, okay, where do I actually feel that in my body? And, and then just like going there and instead of trying to run away from it or trying to suppress it with, you know, um, like going on your phone or eating unhealthy food or watching TV or smoking a cigarette or doing a drug or, um, whatever it is to try to avoid it. It's actually confronting it and, and being with it. That's, that's what you're saying, huh? Exactly. Exactly. And to take it a, a step further, uh, I was kind of taught that your, your pain is your portal to health. Like it's mm. kind of the backwards of what we've been taught in the respect that we look at, okay, I hurt here. Um, I need to get rid of this. Actually, in an area that you're hurting, that's an area of your body that's actually still alive. There's consciousness there. And if you can tune into that and you can expand and you can expand that consciousness, that's your, that's the, actually probably the healthiest part of your body. It's almost caught instead of trying to eradicate it and numb it and drug it and stomp it down. You're that's a part of you that's alive saying, help me, help me. And um, it's really kind of flipped over what, conventional medicine tells you that you need to do to heal. Um, that is your portal. That is your portal to how to get well. Um, and breathing into it. Uh, yeah. Share, share a bit, uh, share a bit about that. When you say breathing into it, 
like a lot of these terms, like, you know, like sitting with it and like being conscious of what being aware of it, like to a lot of people who've never done that, th those terms may sound a little esoteric, a little woo woo. Would you be game to just kind of break it down more into brass tacks for the person who's like listening and is like, I'm not into any of this spirituality. I'm not into any of this emotional healing. Like if I'm just sitting here, what, like, what, what does that feel like? What does that look like? What am I supposed to be doing if I want to pursue that? Um, for me, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, cause it is kind of an unusual process. Um, I, another part I, I'm thinking back in my journey, I, at one time I started feeling a lot of pain on my right side and I didn't, at that time, I didn't want to believe that there was any connection to, you know, oh, maybe, maybe it's a kidney stone. Maybe it's a gallstone. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And now in hindsight, as I've worked with my body, I'm like, well, guess what? That area of the, the gallstone, if, if you know, well, I'm sure you do, but uh, correlates to anger or resentment is held in the gallbladder. I had a ton of resentment. So if you know the area of your body that's hurting and you tune into it and you actually allow yourself to feel it and actually allow yourself to process the tears and the pain that is felt there, you can let it go. And just breathe. when I say breathe into it and just, I actually will make that sighing sound as silly as it might sound to other people because it is symbolic to me of oh, letting it go. Like I, if I hear it, I can let it go. Um, and if you have a sacred, you know, someplace that's meaningful to you where you can allow yourself to do this kind of work, whether it's a, a, a secluded park where it's just you or a, a safe place in your home that you can do this work, but you need some place that you can feel safe enough to be with your emotions, to sit with them, to actually allow the tears and the snot to run down your face. Um, when you feel it at that level, it frees you. Um, if you do it consciously, um, if that makes sense. It's not just sitting there, wah, 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 and then cry. It's to, when you do it with a level of consciousness where you're feeling it, with the purpose of, I don't want to carry this anymore. This is too big. I, I surrender this. I don't want to carry this anymore. That is where you make the quantum leap to to, to wellness. It's not just about, oh, I need to cry. It's about crying to, with the consciousness behind of I am letting this go. Um, that makes the difference. So when you do do that, right, and you run towards the feeling instead of away from it, and you're like, I'm just going to dive into it and feel it 100%. Uh, I'm just from your perspective, because I, I have my own, how long does that usually last? In the beginning for me, it took a little bit longer. Um, and, and the more I got into the process, I think I'm able to, if I have an emotional release, it's shorter um, duration. But for me in the beginning, I, I, I had a lot of trauma. So I had a lot that I had to, I call transmute or whatnot. Um, so there were times where I would literally set an alarm clock and I say, okay, you got an hour to cry and blah, 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 blah. And then you're going to pick yourself up by the bootstraps because you can't, in my opinion, anyway, you can't pitch a tent and camp out in negativity. You, this has to be done with consciousness where, okay, I want to get this out of my system. But when I'm done, I also had a practice of, okay, now I'm going to do some breath work because I want to put good, healthy energy back in my body. Um, I'm going to play some happy music and fill my space with happy. Uh, I just, I don't know if that's answering your question or not, but. Um, so, so I had like in the beginning, there was some, you really had to go deep with this stuff and, and it took a while. Now it's like, I would imagine like seconds to minutes, right? 
it's much faster. It's much faster. And every once in a while, I will still be, I can still be triggered. I mean, I'm human. But one of the teachers that I, I but one of the teachers, there are mentors that I've had, this says, because there were a couple of times where I'd be like, man, I thought I processed that. Why is this recycling back into my consciousness now? And I reached out to that person and they said, imagine your healing cycle is going up a, 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 a mountain. And every time you go up the mountain, if you get triggered again, it's because you were to look at it from a higher perspective of what it is to teach you. So many times you might come back to an issue that you thought you healed, but it's showing up for you to, to look at it from a, a different perspective than maybe what you were able to look at a year ago. Um, so I want to share with people, um, when it comes to this emotional healing, there's a book I recommend. It's called the 12 stages of healing by Dr. Donnie Epstein, Adrian, are there, you know, as we're talking about this and this is, you know, um, probably interesting to a lot of people, are there any books or teachers that you would recommend they check out if they want to learn more about this and get into this themselves? Um, absolutely. Um, one that kind of jumps out to my mind was a book called Growing Yourself Back Up. And um, I, and for the life of me, I can't, I wasn't prepared for this question. I can't think of the name of the author, but it's called Growing Yourself Back Up. And it's about recognizing the triggers in yourself and learning to get in touch with that part of yourself. And it was a profoundly life-changing book for me. Um, because triggers are triggers to me. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I'd have to look it up. Um, I'd know the name if I heard it. Okay. It looks like there's a couple of them. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. I took, I took uh, notes here on that. Um, so I, I appreciate that because I think that's, that's an area that needs to get talked about more that, that, um, and you know, like we were saying that the human body is not a series of silos that medicine approaches it as like the physical is, is, is inevitably intertwined with the emotional. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, your work on healing one, you're going to end up healing both. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and sometimes if you're not making progress in one, it's because you've neglected one of the others. So um, I think, I think that's, that's super, so I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just, this is kind of a surprise for me, uh, but a pleasant one that, we, that we align on this. And I think it's, it's, it's really important for people um, to, uh, to, to delve into that area as well. Um, so, so talk to me now, is there anything, um, you know, that you want to share with people if they can like find you on social media, if you have any resources that you want people to check out um, any chance, and here's your opportunity to plug yourself. Uh, um, well, thank you. I'm, you know, I am still kind of in my infancy in regards to um, trying to figure out uh, how to make the next leap between just being a massage therapist. And I, ultimately envision myself as being a, a life coach or a wellness coach um, because I've done it and I know what it takes. Um, so I am on Facebook. If someone's interested, they can find me there. Um, I'm looking towards, uh, you know, putting together my own website and doing some of those things. Like I said, I'm still kind of in, in those stages are still in their infancy and, and they're a work in progress. Um, gotcha. Well, I, I want to light a fire under you that uh, to get to work on that, because based on everything you've shared with me today, there's a lot of people that need what you've got and need your help. So don't uh, don't kick the can down the road too long because uh, the world needs that. I, it, well received. And uh, it, 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 it's, I've got dynamite lit underneath underneath me. I'm not done. Um, so. All right. Well, what I want to do next is just any other insight you want to share. Like if someone's listening to this and they're, you know, have past trauma, they're overweight, maybe they're significantly triple digits overweight 
and they're like, okay, cool. You know, like, I like hearing your story, but I don't know if I could do that. Like what, just leave us with some last words of inspiration for, for that person who's been in your shoes. And like, if you could go back in time, what would you, what would you say? Wow. Um, I think that I would like to tell people that you, your body's ability to heal is to, 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 to tune out everything that you've been taught about the human body and go inside, go in your heart because every single one of your answers are found there. Um, your heart is your biggest BS meter. If you want to know if someone, the medical industry or anyone for that, for that matter, is telling you the truth, go inside. Um, all of your answers are found there. Every single one of them and every single one of us, if you're on this planet and you're alive today, you are capable of healing. You are here for a purpose and you are important. And wow. you matter. I love it. What a way to end it, Adrian. I just want to say a few words. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. Please uh, leave a comment. Uh, give us a rating. That really helps out a lot. If you want to learn more about you know, using emotional work and, and diet and lifestyle to, to reverse disease and create health, check out my book, Create Health. Uh, it's in the show notes. If you're ready to, to make the leap and really start making these changes and you need help uh, and you want to work with me, there's a link in the show notes to book a discovery call with me or someone from my team, and we will catch you next episode.